Khalil Mack, linebacker, Buffalo, um, somebody that our boy Jinx has been hyping up for a couple of years now. Um, started really, really ascending through you know consensus rankings over the last two or three months, probably. I mean, it, it, and to the point now where he's it seems like he's consensusly viewed as a top five player in this draft. Um, I haven't, you know, it's tough for me to gauge that at this point, but in terms of his skill set in a vacuum, um, I think he's more of a mid to late first round type pick talent. The Ohio State game was very, very good, and I don't, I don't like making this comparison because he's a much better football player than who I'm going to compare the situation to, but it's a little bit of... Um, it's the Stephen Morris effect all over where like one game is so much better than like than his other games and that one game is the main one that like everyone has seen so and I think it kind of, the and what the game that I'm talking about is the Ohio State game but I mean I mean talk about his skill set a little bit I mean I think it's I very think just kind of, just kind of building off what you said I mean that game if you watch that game alone, I can completely buy him as a top five guy. He was ridiculous in that game. I mean, there's the only thing, the only flaw you can point out in that game is uh, ball awareness. He had some issues with the um, the read option, um, but I actually think that's where he actually is very good. Um, yeah, he's a very good football player, and like I said, that's why I hate making that Stephen Morris situation comparison. Because yeah, you know, because Mac is a very very good football player. Yeah, I, I've gotten the jinx hatred too because I called him a top twenty guy instead of an elite guy. Um, kind of reasons behind that, you know, he's not overly dynamic off the ball. He has pretty good snap anticipation, forward lean. He plays with, um, but there's no real dynamic get off. You can kind of see that happen a lot. He'll kind of stutter step as opposed to kind of just attacking because he knows when he does attack. I've brought this up a couple times now. There are three plays where he kind of just tried to run the arc against the Ohio, not Ohio State, Ohio right tackle, and he just simply couldn't get around the corner. Um, you know, he's very, he has good flexibility, very good flexibility, um, but for the most part, I think he's just kind of a leverage freak. Yeah, and it's almost like he, it's similar, he's like a somewhat, I mean, actually they're kind of almost the same size, but similar skill set as D Ford. I mean, he's a much more versatile player than Ford, I think, but to where the snap anticipation is better than the burst, the lack of foot speed to turn the corner, but they're both, le they're both leverage. I mean, D has more, um, he's got more flexible hips, but Mac is very, very good at playing with leverage and, you know, and he's got, they both have excellent, you know, they, they've got excellent punches and hand strength. Um, but yeah, like you said, just, and like, like I said, everything that I just, just described that compares him to D Ford, um, just, just not that type of dynamic athlete that I don't know that I think where there's just going to be issues of his game against, especially against length in the NFL when he faces, you know, really good long offensive tackles where he's going to struggle. He's going to struggle playing on the edge. And, you know, there's also plays like there's plays against Baylor and San Diego state where you see him get bodied up again, like against tight ends and running backs. Media, so mediocre tight ends. That number, if you go and watch the San Diego state game, um, up until the final, I don't, I forget, the very end of the fourth quarter when the game was a blowout, there's a tight end, number 44, who just kind of controlled Mac all game, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so, I mean, he knows how to use his hands, and like I said, he's very good at understanding leverage concepts. And another good thing about his game 
Um, he has very good backfield vision. If you overcommit and he sees the quarterback step in the pocket, he knows how to cut back inside. Um, he can chain his pass rush moves together. He's very good in that regard. It, um, he's very he's very advanced as a football player. Absolutely. Um, his angles are also very good. Um, you can see there's some power through contact with him. Um, like I said, I just there's just not an elite talent there. Um, you're you're going to get a good football player who can contribute, um, but he's a chess piece more than anything, I would say. And um, I don't think he's on the level of someone like Deion Jordan last year, who kind of fit a similar kind of chess piece mold. Right, and I think that's a really good way to describe him, and kind of how I describe him. He's a fill-in-the-blanks defender. Like He's never going to be your best coverage linebacker. He's never going to be your best um, pass rusher. He's never going to be like an, an absolute stud and monster setting the edge, I don't think. But he can. he's proficient at doing all three of those things, and I think that's going to free up like other talent on, on whatever defense you know that he plays on. So... Yeah, and then absolutely, and then I'll just I'll steal this from you. I know this is your one, and it's probably the best one I can think of is Ahmad Brooks. Yeah, and it's it's not Ahmad Brooks now either, or even coming out of Virginia, because Ahmad Brooks was a freak coming out of Virginia. He used yeah. to return kicks. He's he's a slight, he's a less explosive, like he's a little bit weaker and a little bit less explosive version of Ahmad Brooks. So, I mean, Ahmad Brooks is a he's a fantastic football player and a very important piece of the 49ers defense but is is that really I mean he's a complimentary piece is that something that you draft in the top five or the top ten or you know or is a slower weaker Ahmad Brooks probably something that you'd look at more in the middle or at the end of the first round that's that's my thoughts on it basically pretty much great football player not an elite one can never be a foundational piece so as good as he is I think any team like, for example, I'll talk about our two teams. If Jacksonville, for whatever reason, touched him, um, I'd say Falcons probably more likely. I think that would be a a major overdraft. Yeah, and like I said, you know you're going to get solid production out of him and everything, but like I said, he's, he doesn't really have, like, time, a, yeah. he's one of those trainers that doesn't have any position and he can't really dominate at any one position, so he's kind of, he's, like I said, he's a fill-in-the-blanks guy more than, like, he's not going to be a Leo, for, a full-time Leo for Jacksonville, you know, he's going to be more of, like, a KJ Wright where he, and, you know, what they've tried, what they're trying to do with Bruce Irvin now, I guess, which is more just, like, a kind of a line, play some linebacker, play some defensive end in pass rushing situations, but he's not really... I mean, Irvin. I think Irvin's a, a much better and more explosive athlete and a much more advanced pass rusher than than what um, than what Mac is right now. 